Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, the on-field drills kicked off at the NFL Combine on Thursday night, so I'm going to recap all of that for you by position. We are going to talk about the quarterbacks who impressed, some drills that they added in, and some 40 times, and we will move to the wide receivers. Again, talk about some winners and some losers who either help themselves or hurt themselves, and then talk about some 40 times. Then we will talk about some tight ends who really helped themselves or kept themselves squarely in the conversation of where they want to be. So we are going to cover all of that first. And then on Friday night, there is another round of on-field drills with the running backs, the offensive linemen, and the place kickers. Not going to talk about the place kickers. Sorry. If you're looking for that information, you can find all of that, of course. But I'm going to make sure to break down the running backs and the offensive linemen that Titans fans need to keep their eye on. Talk about what drills we should be looking at for each position. And then a couple of different names that I think should be on the Titans radar. And we will go into the weekend with another Friday mailbag. Got a real quick one for you guys this week to get us, like I said, into the weekend and into more combine coverage. So really excited to break everything down with you guys. Let's get it. Starting at the quarterback position, Jordan Love. At this moment in time, Jordan Love is widely considered to be available in that 10 to 20 range in the NFL draft in the first round. You look at teams like the Colts, who may have their eye on Jordan Love. Also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been rumored to possibly be looking into Love. Love had a fantastic day, and there is some conversation at this moment in time that he may have overtaken Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon, for that third quarterback spot behind Burrow and Tua Tungavailoa. So, great day for Jordan Love throwing the football in the meetings and during his regular testing. We saw the drill with the smoke route that we talked about yesterday, the one-step hitch. Quarterbacks getting the ball out as quick as possible, but they also introduced an end zone fade, a simulation for an end zone fade, but we did see some quarterbacks make waves as well with their 40-yard dash times. Cole McDonald led the quarterbacks with a 4.58, a very fast time for a quarterback, followed by Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, who also won at Alabama. Justin Herbert measured in at six foot six, but ran a 4.68 40-yard dash. That's fantastic. Montez, who I said struggled earlier, ran a 4.68. Jordan Love, who had a great day, added to that with a 4.74 40-yard dash. And then Jacob Eason, who's also considered a possible first-round pick, had a 4.89. Obviously, these are not burners. These are quarterbacks, but pretty good times for all of those mentioned. Moving to the wide receiver position with some of the burners available. Two names that really, really helped themselves during the day were LSU's Justin Jefferson, who was very smooth during the drills, also ran a 4.43 40-yard dash, so he had a fantastic day matching up his times with his performance in the drills. Also, Denzel Mims from Baylor ran a fantastic 40-yard dash at 4.38 and looked very smooth during the on-field drills as well and could have boosted his draft stock. Both of those wide receivers, Jefferson and Mims, have put themselves squarely in the 
tier two conversation of wide receivers. Some guys who didn't necessarily help themselves at the wide receiver position. T. Higgins from Clemson elected to sit out all of the drills and cite that he was resting after playing in the national championship game. Not a great look when you see a lot of guys who participated in that game as well out there going through the drills, including someone like Justin Jefferson from LSU, who we just mentioned, was a winner on the day. Jalen Rager from TCU, also considered to be in that Tier 2 range, mid-first round, late first round, early second, hurt himself as well. He was widely expected to challenge for the fastest 40-yard dash time of the entire year, but came out and ran much slower than expected, running a 4.47. So when you're expected to run in the 4.2s and you run in the 4.4s, that is going to set off some alarms even if you are running really fast. Speaking of rugs, he was expected to possibly challenge John Ross's combine record in the 40-yard dash of 4.22. He was not able to do that, but he still did run a 4.27, which is incredible speed for someone at that size. Ruggs is going to be a high first-round pick. He was followed by Quez Watkins at 4.35. Mims, as we mentioned, at 4.38. We saw Darnell Mooney at 4.3. Devin Duvernay at 4.39, Antonio Gibson at 4.39, and of course Justin Jefferson, who we mentioned at 4.43. Big names like Jerry Judy came in at 4.45, and CeeDee Lamb at 4.50. None of the top guys really hurt themselves today, but we saw some people do a little bit worse than expected or a little better than expected, and it will have an impact on on their stock. At the tight end position, we really saw two big winners here. Albert Ukawe Bonham from Missouri, most people will refer to him as Albert O, ran a 4.49 40-yard dash, and as a tight end, that's one of the fastest times that the combine has seen in the recent decade. The second fastest tight end was Bryson Hopkins, son of former Titan Brad Hopkins, at 4.66. And then what is widely accepted as the top tight end in the class, Cole Komet from Notre Dame, ran a 4.7. While the Titans could look to add depth at the tight end position, at the wide receiver position, at the quarterback position, I think they most certainly will prioritize an offensive tackle and a running back in the NFL draft. So with the running backs and the offensive linemen set to work out on Friday night, let's take a look and preview those positions and take a look at some of the running backs that the Titans fans need to keep their eye on and I I want to make sure that we're taking a look at all the regular drills, of course, the 40-yard dash, the three-cone. When you're talking about running backs, you want to see their explosion with their vertical. But with on-field drills, really want to watch how these running backs get out of the backfield in those simulated situations. How well do they run a route tree from in the shotgun? How well do they, like John Robinson was talking about in the article we broke down, earlier last week how well do they react when they do the on-field drills where they you know the coach will move the bag one way or another I think those are the things that you really got to look for at the running back position and there's obviously the the top names DeAndre Swift from Georgia Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State but when you look at some guys that could be there in the second and third round they could really provide some value for the Titans that are going to be there at the combine 
someone like Cam Akers from Florida State, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, Anthony McFarland from Maryland, Zach Moss, who has dealt with a lot of injuries at Utah, but has has been very, very, you know, very productive when he's been on the field. Those are some names to keep our eye on and to watch them specifically in those drills. And then you move and you and you look at offensive linemen, and there are definitely a lot of offensive linemen that the Titans will need to keep their eyes on and some drills that you really want to, they're going to have them out there hitting the sled. They're going to have them moving and pulling. And you definitely want to focus on those, but you want to take the three cone for an offensive lineman, see how they're able to bend and move around. Also look at their broad jump, look at their vertical. It'll help you kind of measure their explosion, how, how they can explode off the line of scrimmage. Of course, you're paying attention to bench press numbers with offensive linemen. You want to test strength. That's always going to be a factor, but there are a lot of different guys that the Titans really need to keep their eye on as Jack Conklin. You know, you're hearing rumors he's going to be the highest paid right tackle in the NFL, and that may be the case, but if it is the case, it will not be with the Titans. So they most certainly will dip their feet into this pool of offensive linemen. And you look at someone like Prince Tagawanago from Auburn, who is not one of the top tackles on the board but could definitely be an impact player in the middle rounds an interior lineman like Cesar Ruiz from the University of Michigan someone I've mentioned quite a bit and has even been mocked to the Titans in the first round why I think that's a little high someone like Lucas Niang from TCU need to keep an eye on someone who the Titans would have to take in the first round, two guys like Josh Jones from Houston and Austin Jackson from USC. Another interior offensive lineman, Tyler Biadas from Wisconsin, could be an option for the Titans in the second or third round if they want to try to get you know a head start on Ben Jones's age and Roger Saffold's age. It's all about matching up value with who is available and how much you really can get from that player at that spot. Obviously, the the Titans aren't really going to have a shot at any of the top-tier offensive tackles like Andrew Thomas or Becton or Jared Wills, Tristan Wirfs. Those kind of names should probably not be available. If they were to fall, then obviously the Titans would have to take a swing on them. But those are the people you want to take a look at while watching the Combine on Friday night. Of course, as we always say, as it's, you know, it's important to reiterate your evaluations of a player should not change based on the combine workouts, but it could lead you to going back and checking again because if you saw like someone like Jalen Rager, for example, who we mentioned in the first segment was a wide receiver expected to come out and run low four threes, possibly four twos, and then comes out and runs 4.45 and is kind of in the middle of the four fours, that's not what you saw on tape. So at that point in time, you would want to go back and double check, does the speed on tape match up? And it's also a comparison tool. Like I mentioned in the first segment, with tight ends, there's kind of a cutoff if you look at the top receiving tight ends in the NFL, and that's about the 4.7 mark for the 40. If you run any slower than 4.7, there's not really an example of a top-tier tight end in the NFL who did that. So someone like Cole Komet running a 4.7 keeps him in that conversation and doesn't let him slip too much, but that is a good example of it's not necessarily about these guys' these guys' individual times and the individual numbers they put up. It's about how they compare 
compare and how you can use historical data to compare to what these players did in their on-field workouts and in their testing drills and kind of measure that against what we've seen in the NFL before and let that be a guide for you as to whether or not these players are worth a certain value where you plan on drafting them. So that's all that it comes down to. So I know it's been a quick show and there's only the running backs and offensive linemen that are going on Friday night. Not going to dive into place kickers for obvious reasons, although the Titans could to, could look to get in on, on some of that scouting as well, considering the season that we just went through. So uh, anyways, I know it's a quick show, but we are going to jump into a mailbag. Only got a couple of questions this week. It's been a light week on questions, so make sure you're getting in those questions now. Might as well start a week early. On Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, send those to me. You can leave it in the reviews on Apple Podcasts, and I will make sure to get to those for you guys. So we will come back with just a couple of quick questions in the mailbag and then get into the weekend. Let's dive into a quick Friday mailbag before we head off into the sunset that I like to call a weekend. So our first question is going to come from J.P. Woodard. He asks, with the latest reports of the Titans making Tannehill a priority, what do you think that means for Derrick Henry? Well, quite frankly, I don't know if I believe those reports. With the way that John Robinson acted during his combine interview, seemed a lot colder on re-signing Tannehill than he did Derrick Henry, who he was pretty effusive talking about Derrick Henry and how much they wanted to bring him back. And then you have all of the Tom Brady rumors that we're hearing get passed around, whether or not those can be believed, whether or not that is just Tom Brady's agent doing work on his behalf to try to basically negotiate out in the open with the New England Patriots. Who knows? But at this moment in time, I think that you know you take a look at all the information we can actually go off of. I think that Derrick Henry is the priority for the Titans. I think they were saying they wanted to try to get a deal done with Ryan Tannehill before the franchise tag deadline, and I think that's because they don't want a franchise tag Ryan Tannehill. They they don't want to do that. Either they get a long-term deal done or they don't get a deal done at all because I think they're saving the franchise tag for Derrick Henry no matter what. They want to keep him back in the fold. I would imagine the prevailing thought is if you have that run game with the weapons that they have on the outside and A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith, Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis coming back, if you have that with the remnants of the offensive line, you could pop in any decent quarterback in there, any NFL average, NFL slightly above average quarterback, and get similar results. So I bet they are holding out to see if they can get Tannehill at a reasonable deal On the contract, and I don't just mean the amount of money, I mean the amount of years that they'd be committing to him. I would imagine John Robinson is looking to only commit for about two years to Ryan Tannehill. So I think in regards to Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is still the Titans' top priority. And no matter what, whether it's a long-term extension or the franchise tag, Derrick Henry will be the one you can count on to be back with the Titans next year. Next question comes from Ivan J, our Titans Astros fan. He said, what QB do you see the Titans taking with the 29th pick? In his scenario, Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill have signed with other teams. So the Titans would be in the market to draft a quarterback at that moment in time. 
if the Titans are in that position, they are screwed because I don't think that there is a quarterback that's going to be available at 29 that will give the Titans any chance of winning next season. So I'm going to kind of mess around with the question a little bit here, but Let's just say it's a doomsday scenario with no Tannehill, no Tom Brady. I would tell the Titans to go after Teddy Bridgewater for about $20 million a year and then consider trading up to get a quarterback of the future like Jacob Eason or Jordan Love or Justin Herbert if he happens to slip and fall. Those are the only quarterbacks that I would consider that with, and I really don't don't like that. I'd probably just sign Teddy Bridgewater, get a decent backup-level quarterback out of free agency as well, and kick the can, and I would imagine the team will be worse and then the Titans would get a better draft pick next year, maybe put themselves in a position to trade up for one of the top-tier quarterbacks next year. But that would be a true doomsday scenario. I think at this moment in time, most Titans fans are expecting to have either Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady as the quarterback next year. And I would not be the person telling them that's the wrong thought to have. At this point, it has to be either or, or the Titans are really going to set themselves back. The last question comes from Devin Mead, and it is a food-related question. Finally, a food question. I really love to cook. Cook can barely say it though, but I really enjoy it. Really enjoy eating as well as I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. And his question was pancakes, waffles, or French toast. And for me, if I have to power rank these three, it's it's very difficult. Cause let let's go through. Let's go through before we power rank. When you get French toast, you get that nice crust on the outside. You get the sweetness of the cinnamon that's involved. You do get the syrup and the butter that you would get from the other options as well, just with that cinnamon kick. I really like French toast there because of that extra crunch and that cinnamon kick, but pancakes, you get some of that crunch on the outside as well. While you get that fluffy interior, they're usually a little bit larger. And then waffles, you also get a little bit of a combo there with the crisp on the outside, but the softness, you get the you know, little uh, compartments where your syrup and your butter can fall down and rest into. So a lot of good in that conversation. I'm actually starving at this moment in time now just from talking about it. But if you had to power rank those three, for me personally, I'm going to put French Toast 1, I'm going to put Pancakes 2, and then I'm going to put Waffles at the three spot. So hit me up on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Let me know how you rank those three pancakes, waffles, and French toast. So that's how I would shake that out. Like I said, it's a really quick mailbag. If you guys would start getting those in early, start getting them in now a week early, and we will have much more of those to round out next week as well. But I hope you guys enjoyed this week's shows. There's going to be a lot of combine on-field work going on over the weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. So I will make sure to break all of that down for you guys next week. We are going to continue getting through our free agent preview series as that is just right around the corner. So we got to make sure we get through all of those different groups that the Titans need to have their eye on. Expect to be back next week. Of course, another set of shows Monday through Friday. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, please subscribe. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.